0: From the Trenches. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From the Trenches, real life in the accounting industry. My name is David Boyer from SQL CFO. Joined here with Paul Meisner from Freedom Mentoring. We are brought to you by BGL, Australia's number one corporate compliance and superannuation software. Paul, this wasn't, wasn't a big week in accounting, but it was a big week for accountants in politics. Oh,
1: attacked, David! Attacked. We, uh, Bill Shorten, came out swinging. That'll be uh, certain to hit worst on ground. Uh, hello, listeners. Hello, all. Welcome to another, another week, David. We're at the uh, Brighton studio today. We've we've left the city.
0: Anita Sound Studio, as
1: I like to call it. There you go. It's uh, very nice. We've got the new. We're rocking the new uh, recording setup. It's
0: great. Very professional.
1: You're, you're listening, you're, you're plugged in uh, oh.
0: listening to... David's in charge of audios this... It's the first time ever. Well, I think I did it once before and we completely stuffed it up and had to record the show, re-record the show. I'm in charge. We've got our fancy new Zoom H6 device. Listeners, we hope you're having an audio experience well, like none other. Luckily, we have a sound engineer
1: is all I can say, David. Thanks, With, with you at the controls. what's um, so in-depth, Paul. In depth this week, David, is uh, election coming up. And obviously, that uh, the election got thrust into accountants got thrust into the spotlight with Bill Shorten's comments. Uh, What what do we want, David? This is, I guess, our wish list A, a non political wish list. This obviously we don't know the polls. Are looking like a Labour victory, but nope. You know, nobody knows. It's still a still a well, lot of campaign. The betting market. The betting, the betting, betting, betting market certainly victory. does. But but again, so much up in the air with hung, hung parliaments and all sorts of stuff. The three things, David, each of us would like to see uh, come out of the election, or for a new government to focus on. Uh, but first of all, let's get
0: to give us your best. What's your best, my, David? My, my best this week. An article that came out of Myob that's um, been around for a few weeks, but I missed it actually. They released this before Accounting Business Expo, we sort of sprooking themselves to come and listen to the sessions they had in ABE. Uh, but they've got a headline bold news, bold news from Myob. The Myob MYB? What do they want to be called? Nobody calls it mind Tim, your own business anymore. Tim told us in the interview. I can't remember. What oh, he wanted. I can't remember either. Sorry. Well, you know Tim. what company <laughs> we're talking about, listeners. Um, Simon Dennis uh, has come out and he's talking about something called payments advisory. Now, we we're not critical of advisory, Paul. I am. <laughs> We, but what we know is that advisory is sort of something that just kind of gets done. It's got many nuances and it takes on many forms and you absolutely don't have to do it. But what MyOB's done is through their investment in payments, they're trying to play more in the payment space. Um, they say that $638 billion of payments are small business payments of which $200 billion is already posted to a MyOB ledger. So roughly a third, just under a third of all payments going through MyOB. They're talking about payments advisory and they've broken it up into different sections, Uh, accounts uh, receivable advisory, accounts payable advisory, payroll payment advisory and enterprise payment advisory. A bit of a tongue twister. But what that does is, and we keep saying this, if you want to talk to your clients about cash flow, for a lot of accountants it's very hard to do anything than the three or four big balance sheet KPI triggers that we kind of learn in accounting one. When I was at uh, Receipt Bank Exchange a couple of weeks ago, um, one of the guys from Deloitte was talking, his name Escape, he talked about accountants, uh, bookkeepers swimming upstream and accountants swimming downstream to get a better result for clients. And I love that quote. It upset a lot of bookkeepers in the room who, who to be honest, I thought were just way too sensitive um, because it was a really good quote about working together. Um, but what this is sort of suggesting is accountants swim downstream into the processes and the way that their clients work to help them out with tangible things about cash flow by breaking it up into four big chunks. The big announcement from My is they're going to be investing in products to help with this, um, which we'll wait and see if that product, if and when that product comes out. But I like it because it's starting to, MIB with their massive audience and massive reach, starting to break up a type of advisory to help accountants have different conversations with clients.
1: Do you think we don't have, like, Do, do
0: does anyone think that's not a. I think you live in a echo chamber of accountants who necessarily know how to do that. Yeah, I reckon a lot of accountants don't know how to have that conversation.
1: Your dad couldn't look at a business when somebody calls your dad. Your dad, my dad, My
0: dad would not have a conversation with his clients about what ways to make their payroll process more efficient.
1: No, he he, he is not. Other he than would, STP, he would not nah. get a conversation. He would not get a call and saying, "Where'd my cash go?" And he says. Your debtors have increased, your creditors have decreased, and yeah, here's how to yeah, chase it.
0: Yeah. Now, give me the specific tactics that I should do and the specific technology that I pick should up the do. Phone and no. go Pick up no the way. phone and
1: go and chase debtors. No, you reckon he no, wouldn't tell a client much, to do that?
0: No, but that, well, well, that's just on receivables. On payroll, I reckon most accountants wouldn't have a clue. This is traditionally bookkeeper domain. 100% this is traditionally bookkeepers. And the clash starts to happen where accountants start to say, well, bookkeeper, no, this is my job. Stop talking to the client about this. And this is what the bookkeepers told me at Received Bank Exchange... Where, where clashes occur, which I thought was really interesting. No. And I think that there is an element of arrogance if everybody thinks that they already know everything that they need to know.
1: I just I just think... That I think these conversations are happening
0: in... How many counts know how to do payroll advisory? I reckon you're kidding well, if you pay- any of but them do. payroll
1: advisory is working just... Working out a when, way
0: when to cut the, the your payroll is, true. Exactly what it is No, it's not. It's working out a way to cut the cost of running your payroll from an end-to-end solution. I'll give you an example. We've got a client at the moment, has a massive payroll problem. It's cost them a fortune to run their payroll. Why? Their rostering's crap. All their line managers negotiate different pay agreements with different people, so there's no tiered payroll process. Every every individual employee is on a different deal. I get it. They've got a transient workforce, so their onboarding of new staff is a massive problem. I get it. Then once they get that roster right, then there's no sync to the information flow to the people actually run payroll. Yeah. No, I don't think out the average the th- accountant knows out that. Out of the that three million
1: small businesses you're talking about, one no, percent that, that are that size. No, I'm not.
0: No, I'm not. I reckon
1: there is less and, than five. percent Your 5% whole argument, of, there is less your than whole argument about one percent doesn't
0: work because accounts because there we have clients who have clients who have these problems.
1: I get it. But it's like anyway. Let's not let's not argue in front of the kids.
0: Um, I think the kids like it when we argue in I, front of them, Paul. That's just, the point. I just,
1: I just think <laughs> we wouldn't have show. The actual us. percentage of businesses that turnover more that, that have more than twenty employees is microscopic. You, and and, you, to, and you, to
0: say that you fly in of macro and micro when it's convenient for your arguments. I I no, I live in macro and micro.
1: Anyway, all right. Interesting payment. I think accountants out there can do it. I don't think they have time to do it.
0: Rush. Uh, cop out. And I'm going to start bringing, I'm going to start holding you accountable to this whole "I don't have time" nonsense. I don't have time for a bloke who plays too golf much almost every single week. That's a use of time. It is a use of time. Spending time with the family. Yeah, but you're choosing not to offer these services to your client, and that's fine. But if somebody chooses also they don't to don't pay do for this, it,
1: the micro and, level don't pay for
0: it. Okay, but maybe this isn't for all the micros, Paul. And my argument is, if you've got ten staff, you have got five staff. I don't think you're a micro business. The second you start employing people, your business changes. All right.
1: Okay, all right, let's. Whoa. That got bigger quick. What uh, is, right. Clayton,
0: What else have we got? Do I have another best? Nah, you do. You got a lot. You got a few bests.
1: A lot. Uh, what am I going to start with? This is a blog coming out of Cloud Accountant today. Life as a Zero Community Manager. This is written by the famous Orange Girl, Catherine Walker, who has was I think employee. Ooh, she was number three, number four, maybe of uh, of Zero's team. And for those not familiar, listeners will will sort of, some of you will know that I have been uh, around the Xero sort of ecosystem for many, many years, from very close to the start. And what has been a really interesting thing for me is as Xero has grown and grown and grown and has become, in a way, uh, you get further away from the product teams, you get further away from management, you get further away just purely by the, the fact that there are layers. Of complexity. One thing that hasn't changed is Catherine personally, and now with a social media team, monitors the the social media feed of that business. And in a business that has um, often been chastised for not having a phone help desk, social media has become that that offering. Catherine wrote the first ever um, version of the online help. She basically wrote the user manual on how to use it. And Talking to her, as I've had the, the absolute honour, I'm I'm a, I'm a really um, big fan of Catherine's. And, you know, one of the things that always strikes me is I had a conversation with her a, a, a while ago, at, I think it was Xerocon a couple of years ago, and and she was there and, you know, I was sort of someone half jokingly said to her, oh, you know, why don't you just automate tweets? You know, surely you know what the, the presentations are going to be. You know, do you just have a load of a load up of tweets on a hub dot, not hub dot, what's the tweet deck or hub deck or whatever the... the I use HubSpot. HubSpot. Automate you know, my tweets. Basically. Catherine said, you know, and it, she just put it so well in terms of we don't automate anything. Every tweet comes from a human because we don't know. The last thing we want to do is have someone who's watching the presentation and we had a last-minute change to the schedule, the The presentation didn't work, you know, something happened, and then all of a sudden, you're sending this tweet out, going, "Oh, how great was that?" And somebody goes, "Well, that didn't actually yeah. happen." You know, and, and when it when you lose that human element to it, was something that she has been, and and I cannot imagine over the years how many uh, you know challenges she's had internally as that organisation has grown to try to automate that. But but full credit to her, it's a great story about the history of of zero.
0: It is, and and you and I got to experience the zero comms team firsthand on budget night. No, and how it works, we, you know, we were sitting there trawling through budget papers trying to find insight and we had the comms team around us curating our message into tweets that had a lot more thought in them than what you and I usually <laughs> just dump out into the Twitterverse. Um, it, it's, this is a long article, but it's well worth the read about how these companies work and how they communicate with people because when you are the disruptor, the way you communicate what you do is often the difference between making it and not making it. And part of the reason you and I don't like startups so much is because we got to disrupt this a blockchain nah, and all this nonsense that doesn't make any sense you never got that from zero who were very disruptive for what we do eight years ago and she was there uh, that long ago what's well, interesting though Paul cloud accountant today which is a sounds like a news website isn't it's a marketing agency ah. who have somehow scored a great uh, great piece of guest content from uh, orange girl there you go anyway cool Uh...
1: Anyway, big shout-out to, uh, to Catherine. Uh, am I keeping going? Yeah, why yeah. not? Uh, best on ground, David, for you. For you. That's you are doing great. a roadshow. You ran a series of lunches yeah. brought to you by Judo Capital. SQL yeah. yeah. um,
0: CFO and Judo doing them together.
1: They are very well done, getting the plug in there. Um, the I went to the first one, David. To, to say that I'm a little bit uh, cynical, you know, I hear people say, no, Paul, never, um, about fintech and about the the areas of capital we, we went through this whole payday lending and, and mm. in this sort of second tier lending it's almost gone to now second third and fourth tier lending yeah, that's and, super
0: expensive well,
1: and hidden prices was always yeah. my thing you know I didn't care what the price was because you know you, 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 no one else is lending so you get to charge a premium but not telling clients what it is um so I walked in uh, while not uh yeah you know, I hadn't made my mind up open mind but certainly came in with some some questions that I uh, normally, ask of these sort of fintech mobs to say I walked away impressed not only with the lunch, David, very nice choice of of restaurant, belly mate. But I'm glad you enjoyed uh, it. The pork belly was lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, I have a problem with fintechs, or, or you know, who you also, I, you I, you also I have a l- problem with these business lunches where oh, you're yeah. just getting flogged to. Absolutely, yeah, that that as well. Look, super impressed with the way Judo Capital and a couple of things they said. One, very transparent about the process. Two very transparent about the rate and just very open and honest. You know, I think I don't walk into a lot of, I don't see a lot of these pitch meetings, um, you know, the business lunches pitch meeting really, or just information sessions where someone asked if they did some type of lending, you know, and, and you look at typically startup. Oh, do you deal with that? Oh yeah, of course we do. Oh, well, yeah, we get into that. Oh, we're ace at that. It's like, you know, these guys just sat there, and and, and I can't remember the question they were asked, but you know, do you touch this type of lending? It's like, look, we don't. Yeah, that's right. You know, just we just honestly, we don't angry, understand
0: it. Agree in rural.
1: That's it. Yeah. We, we just don't understand it. We don't want to understand it. Look, there's people. It's not that it's bad. It's not that it's whatever. But you know, we don't want to let it distract from what we're doing. So I always like, you know, I guess I judge people on what the, how honest they are about what they don't do do or what they don't do well. But the other thing for me, David, was in this in this day and age where financing is just such... Um, it seems like around checklists, you know, it seems like we've lost that ability to um, uh, to have that human discussion or that human understanding on what the business is behind its numbers. Businesses get into trouble, but there's a reason. You know, um, there's, there's... Why, there's why would
0: still lend to, to ATR rears? Because sometimes it makes sense. Exactly,
1: exactly. So, look, and, and just to hear them talk about the way they... Um, and, and I'm not paid to say this, David. I was genuinely impressed um, about that human touch and the, the flexibility. I guess they have in the lending, and really that they tailor tailor the product to a human to, to, to the business needs, and almost have this out of the box style thinking where it's like, well, what do we need? Let's work together. I love that they get around a round table with the advisors with the business owners, and they gave some very good candid case studies about what deals had got over the line. I was very impressed.
0: And thanks for that, Paul, and I'm glad you had a good time. Um, the A couple of things. So first, I'm not paid to talk about Judo either, uh, but they are a co-sponsor of the lunch that we put on, so in, in disclosure disclosure. Um, the reason I talk about it now, and congratulations to Judo, because they're about to become Australia's next official bank this week. It's pretty, coming. It's pretty happening. big news. Um, but So we, we sent out feedback forms, and we got a lot of – Amazing feedback. Lunch was rated four and a half out of five stars. Uh, The biggest complaint being the music was too loud, which, you know, it was. uh, But we fixed that. But the other thing that people really liked was a very safe space to just have a chat about things. And and this is the Trenches audience who's coming to these lunches. It's great that you and I, Paul, have created that opportunity for people. Listeners, if you want to um, come down to one of these lunches, head to www.fromthetrenches.com.au forward slash lunch. Next ones at Hawthorne. You're coming to the Hawthorne one. I'm trying to, yeah, I think yeah, so. It'd be great. And we've got them all around Melbourne at the moment, but we may have more in other states
1: later in the year. Yeah. Get around to them, especially if you want to hear about different. Uh, you know, not all financial lending to small businesses dead. Mm. David, cool. Am I going to leave my look? I'm to leave my other best because it also features in the Good worst. Time. So let's uh, let's move on to worst on ground, David. What have you got?
0: Well, listeners will know every now and again I like jumping on the accountants' daily polls to see the zeitgeist of what's happening in the community. And one thing that I've been conscious of, Paul, is that we haven't spoken a lot about single-touch payroll on our show for the pure reason, reason that. that our clients, if they're on zero and they're on a cloud-based app, they're already ready. It's, it's also that the start page. date hasn't happened yet, David. No, but there's a lot of awareness that needs to happen. And whilst the start date hasn't happened, if you have clients who aren't ready, it can be a process to get the change and the change management with them. Um, ATO comms team are going nuts. on trying to create awareness about single touch payroll. The commissioners are everywhere. John Shepard, the, the commissioner in charge of single touch payroll, is uh, about the most prominent man you can get in tax at the moment. Um, but this poll, Are you, are your small business clients ready for single touch payroll? 852 votes. It's an okay sample size. All accounts on the Accounts Daily website, I would have assumed, only 12.3% said yes. Well, they don't have to be. I know this
1: is like the deadline's not here yet. (laughs) And there's there's an automatic
0: extension for three months. Well, it depends on what you think ready means, Paul, you know, because almost all of them are going to need some sort of technology change. That sometimes can take a long time because the businesses that aren't ready are probably the more traditional ones that don't have a lot of tech in their business. It's a big change for them you got to get ahead of it. Don't just wait for the deadline to be here and say, oh, they weren't ready. You plan it and get it done. I, I get it. David, this is, and, and look,
1: I'm not speaking out of school here because I've spoken to Zero about this. I've spoken to the ATO about this. There is no, there is, the, the actual um, I find it exemptions boring. and the extensions and stuff, we have not seen these moving parts stop yet. Like, mm. this is just, the mm-hmm. actual deck chairs haven't stopped moving. We've only literally five minutes ago seen legislation.
0: On this, yeah, we're, we're still we're still trying which a, to, which is that big red X to the government. This is a massive oh. change for small business, it's- and the government leadership, poli- oh, the, the politicians, gave us no assurance.
1: But this, you know, this is the funny thing, and, and I've spoken to Zero uh, about this. They cannot print out a list of the current clients that their partners have using payroll. Like they actually can't tell us who are the people they they. It, it, Software people, they'll scream at us saying,
0: "Oh, you've got to get STP ready." Because they can't it gets the give new us connections, but they can't right. give us a list so the, of the people we need to speak the, to. The biggest noise about getting STP ready is coming from the tech companies because it's new subs for them. Because you need to be yeah, on a piece of tech. You know, to, to, the ATO are run. still trying to uh, still
1: trying to figure out, and I think you know they're ahead of most, but they're still trying to figure out how they'll get us a client list of people that we should go and speak to. Like this is the ultimate. You know, you should do you should do all this, and that's as much as the marketing teams want to touch. But how do we do it? You know, it, it, where's and the ATO are developing it. Um, I'm helping them develop a flowchart of you know the steps to take. Because frankly, every oh accountant, nose. David, every accountant tomorrow, if they were given actual practical tools, and where are the professional bodies on this as well? Like this, this, this is what annoys me. It's because you have to do advisory, but none of the how. You have to you have to think about STP. Yeah, fine. Well, give me the playbook, give me the checklist, well, and man, I'll do it. I, it's I, not I hard. I largely
0: agree with you. I haven't. I mean, we haven't swung on STP much on the show because we don't think there's much in it yet. There
1: is a very simple process, but it's but this is you know every, we're being accountants. Largely get yelled at and then just get left alone to say, well, you figure it out. And each of us, who are already time poor, have to
0: kind of we have to we have to develop our own client um, list. With our own, I've just found this, Paul, and this can you can suck eggs for the thing, for the little rant you gave me earlier today. Where I said accountants don't necessarily know how to have conversations about pay, the payroll process within yeah. their, their clients. It, I've just I've just searched for chartered accountants STP because you're right. I haven't seen a lot from the bodies about STP. Yep. That's not to say they're not doing it. It could be that I'm chewed out from it because one, well, most of our clients have over 19 staff, and the ones who don't are already on cloud systems, so we're, we're kind of ready. Um, there's a Training course you can do with Chartered Accountants, Managing the Payroll Function Workshop. Yeah, terrific. There you go. That's, well, this is important because we always complain that they don't do anything that's relevant to us. Here's one that is that directly directly dovetails into STP and payroll, which t- ties our two conversations together. Here's a problem, though. It's $595. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a, six and a half hours. Of, so, What's that, a day's course? There is. I'm going to put it out here. There is, an an ATO, there is an ATO
1: checklist coming. There is a decision tree coming. I've helped them design mm-hmm. it. We're hopefully going to see it soon. Oh, there, is very, there is a very, there is a there is a series of very simple questions. We need a client list. We need a decision tree with exactly what to do that spits out exactly the extensions that are available. It's largely a simple process. But
0: is that going to tell you the technology that you should recommend for the client?
1: You should never recommend a, a type solution. You should understand what's out there.
0: So and then let the client decide on what they Correct. need.
1: Because, there's, I mean, there's, there's multiple ways. Like, and people are kidding themselves if they're going to go from desktop software... To a full cloud suite, just to press one extra button in payroll, right? Oh, like there yep. is th- this is a, this is a good chance to go.
0: Well, and that, okay, that's the change range that I said takes a long, a exactly. long time. Exactly. You know,
1: let's l- let's actually let's actually strip out the payroll from the desktop solution. If you don't want it, the team aren't ready. Now I've done a heap of conversions, as we've often said yep. on the show, David. Trying to pick it all up and do it is, is I think, largely impossible for a lot of clients. Um, you know,
0: there's, there's not a lot so being we, spoken about
1: about these so low-cost
0: solutions. But is there a gap then because if you need a... And, and John Shepard was out in the press this week saying you need a piece of technology to make this work. Yep. Is there a gap on how the client chooses that technology? Who fills that gap? And is it like... Because people have talked to us about app advisory for ages and you and I don't like it because we can't make it out and monetize it. Some of the apps don't and, work. And, and in, in our business, we get a, we get a tech consultant in to do the tech reviews and we project manage the implementations because we don't, we don't know how to do it and, and I don't... So is, where is... Where's, I think there's this big knowledge gap and this solution gap of helping businesses get the right piece of technology in their business, but the flip side to your common argument is they don't want to pay for it. Well, if it's government mandated for STP, they kind of have to. Yeah, well, they still won't. I
1: mean, they still won't pay the extra if you're going through... And, and look, largely, it's a different discussion. If you're going to pick up everything, it's a bigger discussion. If you just want to plug in some payroll... Largely, I think they're all at that micro-payroll level, level or standalone payroll level. They're pretty they're pretty standard. Um, anyway, it, it'll be interesting, but certainly I think we're being told why we should do something or what we have to do without actually being told how to do it because uh, there is a very simple fix that largely people are ignoring.
0: Good chat, Paul. What's next? Do I have another worst? Well... Should we go to your worst, then we'll go to mine, because it's going to lead into our big and bill.
1: Sure. I just want to do the, just a quick one on the uh, coming out of uh, the US. The House, uh, the House bill uh, hampering free online tax filing. Um, quite interesting that Congress has passed a bill that the Internal Revenue Service would be disallowed from creating its own system for free online tax filing under a bipartisan bill. Now... You know, obviously, in uh, the two big players, I think H and R Block have a solution, and so do obviously Intuit with TurboTax that offer um, that offer tax lodgement. Now, notwithstanding that there is a real problem with uh, with governments trying to build software, David, the ATO have, have had we've had online tax filing built by the government that has been uh, you know very successful. For for what it for what it's been here, albeit that it wasn't on on Apple for a long time. Really funny here that it just sounds like a really big lobbying effort by TurboTax has gone in and said, um, "Can you stop the IRS from from ever building software?" Like it's sort of like it's not even that it's coming. Like this is just a big it's a big bill to kind of otherwise go. You know, were they re- like, was there that much of a danger? Like you're yeah. a, a, a couple of, oh, bil- you know, $100 billion company and you're worried about being beaten to the tech punch by, you know, like how precious are you with competition if you're kind of worried about the, the, the revenue, the government competing yeah, with you?
0: It's a very different world over there. Not everyone lodges a tax return, so it's a bit of a different uh, environment that they have. But the good news is for the practitioners out there who make their money off helping people lodge tax returns, you should be a raving supporter of this bill. Yeah, very. Look, it just—it was just interesting
1: that
0: it uh, yeah, that it did that. Anyway, all right. What right. the next one? So clearly, the the worst of the worst this by week. Far. This by far, is probably far. One of the worst things I've seen since we've started the show because of the people that are involved. So yeah. I'm going to give you a quick timeline of events. Bill Shorten, opposition leader, largely the front runner to win the election by polls and whatever, whatever you had to talk to. And, and the reason we're talking about this is, you, Paul and I, we try very hard not to make this a political show, but. Bill Shorten, who has probably one of, if not the biggest soapboxes in the country right now, we're in election mode, has attacked accountants and anyone who attacks accountants is going to get our attention and we're going to fight back, Paul, because that's what our show is about. Here are Bill's comments. One of the rorts we want to shut down, to use the word rort to describe this, Paul. Did you know that if you want to deduct millions off your tax, you get your accountant to do it? Did you know that you can also claim as a tax deduction the hundreds of thousands of dollars you give to your accountant to deduct millions off the tax system. Why on earth is this government defending the ability of the super wealthy to pay their accountants to minimise their tax and even claim the cost to pay their accountants? The demonization of accountants, Paul, is what we have a problem with here. Now, lots of people talk about this, about the class warfare that Shorten's trying to run. That's not our platform. Here's what the massive, overwhelming response was from our community. Chris Jordan, the ATO Commission number one. He said, when people see a quick headline, millionaires paying millions not to pay tax, there might well be some other reason entirely, like GIC. And I think they're trying to break down that box. Now, he said this is the tax issue in March. If you've got all that GIC and you paid an enormous settlement, you can claim the GIC as a tax deduction. So, yes, you might have millions of dollars in income, but I can't see any rational or even irrational person spending over a million to not pay tax on a million. That was the commission. Chartered accountants, Paul, came out. And slammed it. And I've got to be honest, mate, absolute credit to you because you went out on Twitter after... First Shorten's thing in the comments, morning. Uh, you must have been up at the cracker on as the, the cockatoo, or wasn't the cockatoo, the rooster was making I was going to say barking, so there you go. That's my <laughs> farm knowledge. I was at Collingwood Children's Farm on the weekend. Oh. I don't remember the animals. And you said, where is the response from the professional bodies? And you tagged them all. I called them out, yeah. yeah. Boy, oh boy, did they respond. And honestly, mate, this is the first time I felt... De- yes, chartered accountants, you are on the money. Michael Crocker rolled out in the attack. Bill Paul, oh, you get some great
1: comments. Oh, who let uh, Michael off the leash? Which is great. Look, and I think the political, the the professional bodies do have a difficult time, especially when uh, Bill Shorten
0: is is, is expect- he asked for an apology. Crocker is, asked for an is apology. Is wildly
1: is widely ex- uh, expected to get into government. So as a professional body, you kind of got to keep them happy. But well, these comments were did. just so so agree. Like they were just shocking.
0: The, David, the, but the response from our body, like, honestly, mate, it was fantastic. Um Crocker came out and he made CA were first and hardest. Yeah. And they said, hit we, first. We, well CPA we, I haven't even heard of. I haven't yet. heard from I them. Have, and this yeah. is this is part of it. Yeah. Usually CA is the last to respond on this stuff and we never hear from them. Yep. This is absolutely on the front line, defending us, representing us. This is what we pay for. This is literally what yep. we pay our money for. And he called for an apology from Bill Short. And 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 Bill's comments basically painted the
1: whole tax profession. Wrong. Now, anyway, people as, who follow McWhirter involved in a roddy, He doesn't rod. yeah, that's bats And solar panels. Now, the very so I'm a, you know, I am a nerd on the tax. I just stats. want to say one more thing no, before we get to
0: stats, stats. Also, very impressed with the IPA. Andrew Conway, CEO, came out and said his comments showed no understanding of the practical tax advice that agents give.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What they didn't, what the their professional bodies didn't do, and again, it's hard with the media cycle, but. And, and and this isn't this isn't as sexy. So Bill Shorten is talking about, and he's often referenced this in other previous things. He's talking about the 27 taxpayers. Yes, I've been through the tax stats. 27 taxpayers had total income over a million dollars, yet reported taxable income under the tax-free threshold. That's what he's talking about. Of them, of those 27, 16 million, 16.4 million dollars was claimed in cost of managing tax affairs. Now. For everyone out there, they know that the cost of managing tax affairs is yes, it's partly what you pay your accountant, but an awful lot of it is ATO interest. Now, these people who earn high money are generally bigger audit targets and generally have have more interest. What really disappoints me, David, is for, so for 27 people claiming $16 million, Bill Shorten gets his panties in a bunch and says, "Oh, it's it's the accountant's fault." The actual those. In that same bracket, twenty taxpayers claimed a tax deduction for nearly hundred and fifty million, not sixteen million, mm. hundred and fifty million. Mm. Where? What route sure is this Dave. going to? Gifts mm. and donations, Dave, Ooh, and and me. they don't even pay tax. <laughs> even if you pay a tax agent. <laughs> They have to they throw charities under a bus. But but this is the thing. If he was concerned about minimizing tax, 146 million went to donations, 16 million went to the ATO G I C and tax agents. Even if it went to tax agents, we pay tax on that 16 million. He he demonises the whole industry. Where's the where's the oh well, you know? Oh, charities. Well, you know, how can they I oh, know that's
0: the best comparison you've ever made.
1: No, 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 but I'm just saying if he's well, worried sorry,
0: Smith family. Uh, no, thanks no, for getting no. our homeless off the streets, but But, but this is,
1: no, but this is what I mean, right? It's if he's worried about people minimizing tax, right? Legally, they minimized it by making deductions. Like, why doesn't why doesn't he put a cap on donation deductions? Like this is what I'm saying. It's not you know, if you pay for professional because advice, maybe we just
0: get up and stop getting funding. Then why Is does it? it I don't know. I don't. Th- I don't know.
1: But. But this is the thing. If he's worried, if he's purely. Don't quote me if, on that,
0: listeners. I don't want to get involved in this.
1: Purely a on a numbers basis, if he's worried about the rich claiming excessive tax deductions, 150 mil went to donations and only 16 mil went to GIC and agents. So frankly, I mean not much he's, just, thought, he's just hes just politicising it. Like it is just. mil would have been. It's a political hatchet job. Does, anyway, does
0: 16 mil seem low to you? He needs to get
1: better. That was from 27 people. Ah, oh, got it. Yeah, Most of it was GIC amount. interest. Anyway, we'll stop ranting on. But seriously, this is like the, the the politics these days globally is that's is, a great start. Is, is just in an absolute shocking, shocking
0: state of affairs. Perfect segue into our in depth topic <laughs> this week. What do we want from our election that's coming up? Now, this isn't about politics. This is about Paul and I. We care about two things. We care about our business clients. And we care about the accounting profession. So our best on grounds, uh, sorry, our thoughts are about helping those people. It is. What do you got? Well, it's
1: a, basically, this is the three things that we want to see from uh, either the election or a new government. David, we'll go one each. Yep. One each, one for one. Me, I I always talk about this definition of micro. I think this, when we talk about small business, and and you get Cosboa, you get even the software companies, everyone uses the word small business. The definition currently of small business is less than 10 mil. um, The the, the widely accepted definition is less than 10 mil. That encompasses 98.5 something, nearly 99% of all businesses. Frankly, you can't talk about small, I don't think, you can talk about small businesses when you talk about, um, you know, I think the needs of that 5 to 10 mil, 2 to 10 mil, who are only 6, 7% of the all businesses, their needs are vastly different from those turning over less than 2 mil. They have a different, um, generally a different structure, they have a, a, a different... Uh, different drivers in terms of their efficiency and effectiveness tax it becomes less of a, uh, a driver which we'll talk about in point two but I think we lose the we lose the ability to nurture and support the micro business sector which is 95 percent of all businesses because we're too busy worried about lumping them in with a larger segment. To create small business, which is
0: ninety nine percent of all businesses. I, I mean, listeners will know I like the extension of small to ten million dollars because I think that those two to ten million dollar businesses have their own problems. That, but, but they are definitely different to the micro business problems. Where where this gets tricky, Paul is. Does it add more layers of complexity into what's already a very complex system about who gets access to what? But it, but it's and, and yeah what, and I'll I argue, argue again that is they don't seem to care about complexity with anything else that they pass so exactly. It doesn't matter. And this is like uh, I think it needs it, it needs a definition change when we talk about it.
1: This is not necessarily access to requirements. Like the, when you talk about access to R and D, when you talk about the, the asset write off, when you, you can include multiple le- levels. Like they have now created the. Small, medium asset mm. write-off because they because mm. they've extended the definition, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, I, I just think that we we lose the ability to properly support the micro segment, which have a very different needs
0: and, profile. And, and I will, I will, and we won't lose ball. anything yeah, else. There are a lot of micro businesses, and I've. I've been critical of micro-businesses in the past. That's been critical, but this is a conversation that should be had. Some of these businesses aren't businesses. Somebody's just bought themselves a job. Correct. Mm-hmm. And so it's very hard to give them business-like support because they're just... And that's what I mean. But, and, but they're, they're profiled. And, and then of that, 40% of the micro-businesses... So when you hear that stat, 80% of businesses fail in the first mm-hmm. five years. It's not true. Most of them are the micro-businesses. So yeah, it's hard to. In- well, they in- never should have been in business, right? Exactly. They, they, they do in, they do one job, then they get a out of business. Bold advisor to say no, you shouldn't go into business yeah. at all. I'd, yeah, good on you if you do say. It. Um, for me, it's dovetailing into you your R and D comment. There is no clarity around R and D at the moment. It's a massive uh, deduction. It's a really important part for the, our really innovative companies, um, who. Relying on it for White their cash flow. Over. If you want to rort, yeah, Bill Shorten. If you want to rort, I mean, this was rorted, and that's why it's in. It's that's why there's a question mark on it now because it was rorted yeah, genuinely. Yeah. Paying a tax advisor is not a rort compared to Abs- everything else. Paying an R and D advisor, R&D. compared to an R and D advisor, so. Um, there needs to be clarity around it, and with that, there needs to be clarity about what resources there are for the startup community. And this is coming from I'm at Stone and Chalk at the moment for the CA Catalyst Startup Immersion Program. Mm-hmm. We've made it a worst on ground in the past because it's a limited program that only 20 or 30 accounts yep. are going to get to experience. Um, but I'm, I'm learning about the startup world, and they are completely lost. And part of this is because the government intent doesn't come close to the hype deal with your hype, guys. Like, that's not our problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your head in line. Most of you are just small businesses. Um, but there needs and Some to be of some, them shouldn't be in business. 100% some of them shouldn't be. A lot of them shouldn't be in businesses. But there needs to be some clarity around where we sit on startups. The Innovation Nation agenda that Malcolm Turnbull ran with failed to get the crap out of the Liberal Conservative base. That's just a fact. Um, Shorten's come out today saying, well, actually, we're going to create a small business exemption to the clawback Provisions, which is good to see, and this is one of the, the things that really surprised me when the Liberal Party dropped the ball on the innovation agenda. Why didn't a big spending Labor Party pick it up and then take that vote? And because I'll tell you what, as a small business voter and sorry, someone, small business and is a key election topic for me. Geez, I don't know. I reckon I could have swung. They could have picked that up. And you know, this the R and D provision is a good one, but he, which which I really like. I'll go to my second one, then we'll go back go. to you. Yeah. yeah. Restoration of trust. We've gone through a really tough few years in our industry where our trust has been questioned, our trust of our professional bodies has been really, really challenged. One professional body in particular broke our trust very clearly. Exactly. And
1: it's extended to the And another one's giving it a crack with some corporate governance issues.
0: Correct. And and there's a problem with um, politicians that we don't trust what they say and the specific example is they make their announcements and then it can take up to 9 to 12 months to get it passed in legislation and we're stuck in the middle. If at all. If at all. We're stuck in the middle advising clients on things that aren't true. And um, this can be a, a risk for us if we give advice that doesn't end up getting passed anymore. Absolutely. The best way to get trust is to do what you say you're going to do. Now, I accept that you need to make promises and you need to, uh, It's fine. But on the big ticket stuff, like just make a bit of an effort and, and let us yeah. believe you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's... i well, we're not going to get that one, am I? No, not at all. But there's a, there is a real trust deficit and it it, it certainly is a real pity uh, that... And, and you're right, David, accountants are left in the middle because the marketing software people you pick really it up are. really yeah. quicker uh, and it all comes back to the accountant who's sitting in the middle with a really practical hat on, David. Like, especially you look at the super guarantee amnesty, it's like everyone was saying, oh, quick rush and bring your super into line. And then and the ATO will give you uh, an amnesty on the penalties. Well, that never actually <laughs> passed. The ATO had to do it without, you know, were, we're sort of forced into picking up the slack themselves. Um, second one for me, just a very... This... I just want the government to stop talking about... It. Everyone, that I think, that, that mentions how to support small business, they cannot think any more outside the box than cutting the corporate tax rate. This is just... For me, it is just ludicrous... That given that in this country we have a lot of businesses, an awful lot of businesses that trade as a sole trader, an awful lot of businesses that trade as a trust, the actual people who trade in a company uh, as a percentage of, of trading businesses is quite low. The cut in the rate is going to be so small as to really not give a whole lot of massive benefit in, even in a sh- small short-term dollar you know, this is so. This is such an infuriating. It's such a fury, infuriating for me because David, small business take money. They pay. They might pay company tax at whatever rate. Then they pay dividends to themselves. So you're paying top up marginal rate anyway. So whether whether you pay stuffed. whether you pay less corporate and more personal, or more corporate and therefore less top up marginal tax. It's irrelevant because... And, and it's arguably just a timing difference. It, Eventually it, it, it's, it's going to come It's out. budget neutral. Yeah. Like, it absolutely is. Um, you're actually giving... The people who benefit are foreign, uh, foreign shareholders who lose the franking credits or who don't, don't pay top-up tax. The other thing for me, David, though, is that it every... So for every dollar you paid in company tax, you actually lose the benefit of that franking credits because your new tax rate... You know, you you lose you lose the benefit of tax you've paid in the past as an honest business owner under an honest system. Like it is just, it's just ridiculous. Not and a well inf- thought out policy. Inflates to the red and tape. Policy. Something shocking.
0: Yeah, uh, Tim Wilson. So- uh, Tim Wilson's reviewing the franking credits. Basically, slammed it and said it's not. A, it's not a well thought out policy at all. Um, the, it's populist.
1: Yeah, we're we're, we're governed popular. by a populist policy, not. Whether or not you know, we're not stats based. Like this I, is the thing. I have
0: to stop this, Paul, because I'm going to get very political here. Uh,
1: this know your why. <laughs> this know your why. This is know your why is BS. <laughs> it it should be know your what. Know your data. Know your figures. Know the actual impact. Know know all of that stuff. Forget the why. The why is just I mean, that's that's for the hugging and singing kumbaya.
0: Paul Myers, no, he's on fire today. Paul, you got one more? That's it for me. I'm not going to do my third one.
1: Oh, fair enough. Um, uh, I, well, I think you're... Anyway, I'll go I'll do your point as well. Um, for me, it's cut red tape. I think... I think... And this comes back to this sort of micro area, is I, I think that there is some great budget neutral... We always think about spending money. You have to spend money on a grant or you have to spend money on an innovation... Fun. Do you know what you have to do is you just have to remove the barriers, remove some barriers, remove some red tape. There is this can be done in a budget neutral
0: manner. I, I want to say this around payroll. Employing people is so bloody hard in our country it, for it small is,
1: businesses. It, it is it's it just is, too hard. It is, so, it is so ridiculous. There is an efficiency dividend in this. In especially in the small business space, more so than any other space. Individuals who are working hard in payroll, a tax cut works, it's simple. You could give you know businesses far more benefit if you if you decreased the red tape. You would give them hours back with their family, you would give them hours back. Um, Working in and on their business. This is a major. This is a major opportunity that will cost nothing in the budget. And this is why I get so irate when they, we talk about, you know, shaving one cent off the tax rate or one percent or a whatever. It's like bull. Like actually remove ten hours a week from a small business, which you could really. I mean, the HO, if they were, you know, if they were told, could do it tomorrow. If everything was about cutting down the time, if all of this automation. Actually, was was involved in saving the time to comply, then it would be a, a much better place. The other thing, which is I think also where you were going, was just stop changing things. Like it's it's the the government. We want some stability. We want some continuity. We want to know. That these, you know, things like the asset write-off aren't just we're gonna pray to get it extended for one more year. Lock in these things.
0: I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna I've just got an email in my inbox. It's come from our friends at Intuit, Paul. You haven't seen this. Um, Intuit have commissioned and, and this goes straight to saving money on red tape, Paul. So he's in, in, specifically around single touch payroll, which is exactly what we we're just talking about. I haven't set this up. I just got this email. Intuit's commissioned a report that says that 62% of their sampled users who are using single-touch payroll have said that it's providing a time-saving... So it's more than 500 businesses. 34% of early users of STP say it gives them back more than two hours per week. As a great example... Now, we don't know if this is true or not because we always question reports. (laughs) 500 is a reasonable sample size. That is a great example of a government initiative that's going to help small business by reducing the cost of their red tape. And, that, and that's all we need. And it's budget neutral. Like, I don't know why we're not, you know, especially
1: with things that the government could do that aren't going to cost it money and saves them a tax cut which goes to the big end of town, not the small end of town. 30% anyway.
0: feel ready for small business, for STP, and um, a whopping 30% are concerned about it. All right. I don't know why you're concerned about big, it. Big, I think they're concerned. Because feeding, account, they're because feeding, their feeding their off the hype, talking to them, Paul. Feeding off accounts the heart. aren't having early conversations. Or bookkeepers, whoever's responsible for We only for had
1: it. legislation... T- Two months ago, a month
0: ago. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for our <laughs> show this week. Jam packed, David versus Paul on about 50,000 different issues. That's what we like. That was, uh, a, that was an argumentative show. We didn't,
1: that didn't, I didn't that it not I didn't no, think it's what that it the, need the show show notes.
0: studio brings out the best in us. It does. It all does. The worst, I, was, call,
1: I wasn't distracted by my phone. Listeners, my phone is on the other side of the room on the floor because I was told that my I was getting feedback despite David, you having your
0: phone and waving
1: it around in front of the yeah, microphone a, all a, day. I've got
0: a well produced Pixel 2 here. You've got one of those crappy Apple glasses. <laughs> That's, oh, that's what happens, listeners, when my phone is taken off me. I <laughs> actually concentrate to get into, and get into it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to an episode of From the Trenches. David and I love to hear from listeners, so you can reach out if you've got feedback or story ideas. Get in touch. I can be reached on Twitter at Paul Meissner underscore or on LinkedIn, Paul Meissner.
0: I'm on Twitter at David Boyar, B-O-Y-A-R, on LinkedIn, David Boyar. From the
1: Trenches.